Welcome to the Rebel Babe Cave, where we chat with amazing women within the worlds of sports, fitness, wellness, and business who aren't afraid to keep it real. Every week, we talk careers, relationships, and most importantly, the practice of self-care. Uncensored and unapologetic, you'll walk away from every episode with real-life takeaways and advice. No BS or fluff. I'm your host, Crystal Rose, and I'm so glad you're here. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Rebel Babe Cave. Take off your shoes and put on your slippers because we are about to get real cozy. (laughs) So today, before we get into this episode, it's a solo episode. You guys know I like to do that like once a month where it's just a me thing, generally talking about things that are important to me or things I want to share with you. This week, it's a little bit different, but before I get into that... I just want to share a little bit with you guys about this new program I am launching real soon, hopefully by the end of the month, beginning of June. It is a nutrition coaching program. And right now I've been doing one-on-one coaching, flexible dieting, macro counting for a couple of years now, coaching it. I have been doing it way longer. I've been crunching numbers for other people way longer, way before I was credentialed. but not accepting money for it. And now I'm at the season where I'm really excited about sharing these gifts with people and helping people break free, especially women break free from the dieting bullshit, that yo-yo dieting culture, and really just kind of like finding freedom in your food. So I have a two-prong program coming up. One is kind of like a self-study. So if you really don't want one-on-one, but you do want the accountability, you want a professional setting your numbers and checking up on you, but you don't want that one-on-one or the expense of the one-on-one, I have that coming up. And then I also have a program for people who are like, what the hell's a macro, lady? I don't know what that is, and I don't want to count them. So if that's you... I have something for you too. It is coming so soon. I am so excited. It's going to be so fun, super interactive, lots of accountability, and I am going to save women. (laughs) I cannot wait to just help people save y'all from yourselves. I struggled so long with my food and my diet and just looking for answers. And I finally found what I was looking for. I've been practicing it for more than five years. And I really am excited to share that with other people and just help people. It's going to be awesome. So I'm really pumped about this. If you're interested in hearing more about it, or you want to be one of the first people to know, so you can snag one of my spots, then go to crystalrose.com nutrition and sign up for the email list. And that is going to be one of the first first groups of people that find out when this is launching and all of the details. So you can do that. Okay, so a while back, I did this really awesome interview with my friend, Tanya Martin. And she just asked the coolest questions. I was on her podcast, Faith and Other F-Words. And so since it's been a little bit, I thought I would share this episode with you guys. If you didn't have a chance to listen to it on her podcast, then you can come here today. You are here today and you can listen to it here. This is like stuff that I have not really talked a lot about. I don't really talk about faith or religion very often. 
So this is something she kind of dug in with me. We got real deep into a lot of things, beliefs and whatnot. And also, spoiler alert, (laughs) I shared a little bit with her about my business and how at the time when I talked with her, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do with Rebellia. And I wasn't sure where Rebellia was going. And I kind of felt like I sucked at my job and maybe I was better off walking away. And so I'm saying spoiler alert because I'm in it to win it. I am here. (laughs) I'm sticking to it. I love, love, love my business. I love my customers, my shoppers, my girls, my rebel babes, and I'm not going anywhere. So if you have heard me lament over my self-love Sunday episodes or emails, or you've listened to it in this podcast, then just know that I am going nowhere. I'm only going to keep going and keep helping women feel beautiful in their skin, in their bodies, in their clothes. That is what I was brought here to do. And that's what I'm doing. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. It's a really cool interview. I loved it. It's one of my absolute favorites. And Tanya is just such a wonderful person and such a dream to talk to. So I hope you guys love it. And if you do, go ahead and slide up in my DMs and tell me what you thought of the episode. So you guys, I'm so excited for today's guest. She's not like anybody we've had on the podcast yet. She is the founder and creator of, it's called Rebellia Clothing. Is that the right way to say it? Rebellia. Yeah. Rebellia Clothing. And she helps fit-ish chicks find clothing that fits them well. She also has a podcast called Rebel Babe Cave podcast and she's absolutely phenomenal if you guys aren't following her on instagram you guys need to go check her out everything especially for the type of women that i interact with and this niche of women i love your brand so much because you really embrace your body you're all about empowering women to feel good and eat from my perspective i've got thick thighs and it's hard when you start working out your waist gets smaller and then your quads just enlarge and you're like what kind of pants am I going to fit in that are going to fit my like waist and my legs and my booty and all the things? So when I stumbled upon your brand, I was like, hell yeah, this is so cool. This is so amazing. And then we've gotten to connect over the last couple of weeks and you are just such a little light and like firecracker. And I'm just so excited to chat with you and get to know you better. So welcome to Faith and Other F-Words. Question number one, what's your definition of faith? For me, faith is just believing in something. It could be in a person and God and anything. It doesn't necessarily mean religion to me, but yeah. Beautiful. What's your status with God? I think we're maybe friends. I never really thought about what my status with God would be. I don't usually refer to God as God. Okay. (laughs) That's totally fine. So you're like, we're friends, but I don't know if we're like talking. He likes me as a friend, I think. So (laughs) I love it. What do you hate the most? Just in general? Yep. Oh, I don't know. I have a lot of sensory issues. So anything like related with that, I just get, it's not something I can really control and I don't like not being in control. So Mm -hmm. at least of myself and my emotions and what bugs me. So that's one of those things I can't really control. What is sensory? Like someone's talking too loud. There's like, Like, yeah, like tapping or whistling or chewing and eating and also smells. Like when I kiss my husband, if he like didn't wipe his face or something, I can smell it, you know, it's just like things like that really bother me. I can in touch. Like I have to be wearing certain things to be okay. (laughs) 
So interesting. I love that. Okay. What advice do you have for women who might be struggling with their faith? I think it's a matter of internal first. I think you've got to develop faith in yourself before you can have faith in anything else. And I think some people might think reverse of that. But I don't know. I just feel like pretty much all of your problems stems from the self. So if you can kind of work on that first, then you can probably get there with something else. Mm, So interesting. What do you feel is your God-given purpose? Or if you don't resonate with the word God, what would be your soul-given purpose? I think about that a lot. And I think it's something I refine over and over again. Right now, I think it's just to be a light. And whatever that means to whoever comes in contact with me, it's to be a light. And I don't always do the best job, I don't think, but I try really hard. Oh, that's so beautiful. (laughs) And you can tell like you really mean that too. (laughs) I think really evident. Thank you. Yeah. So this is probably one of the first times that you are on a podcast talking about faith. And normally I'm guessing that you talk about business and you're talking about fitness because you also do nutritional coaching, correct? Correct. So don't worry. It's not scary. (laughs) People always get nervous about it. Like, oh my God, what are you going to ask? But I'm really interested in having conversations with everyday women who normally wouldn't have a platform to talk about what you think and what you celebrate and what you don't celebrate and where you turn to. So I noticed that on your Facebook, you do celebrate Christmas. And -hmm. I thought it was so beautiful the way that you phrased it. Cause you're like, if you choose to celebrate today and you like, you said something so sweet. And then you also (laughs) acknowledged people who may not be celebrating Christmas. You had such a high level of self-awareness for other people outside of yourself, especially during the holidays and in terms of what people celebrate and respecting their faith. So what's your background in terms of faith? What do you believe in right now? In terms of background, my parents weren't really super into church. I mean, at one point when my mom remarried, she started bringing us to a congregational church. The pastor's kid was in my class and stuff. So it wasn't like the typical, the priest that doesn't have kids and yeah. you know, Catholic. And then I went to Catholic school for junior high. So I got all that fire and brimstone stuff. <laughs> Plus my grandmother's 100% Italian. She's super religious. Mm-hmm. So that's always been around. And my Nana on my mom's side too is French Canadian cup. So okay. You know, <laughs> it's always been at the perimeter, I guess. In my life, it's never been anything that I felt super deeply. I do have some super religious cousins, more like Southern Baptist. My cousin was around my age, a little bit older, and she told me one time that my mom was going to hell. Oh, God. And I cried, and I was so sad, and I was so upset, and she just said the most horrible things about my mother. And so I always hated family events and stuff, because I yeah. just felt people who were deeply religious were kind of mean. <laughs> So I don't know. I think after Catholic school, I went to just regular high schools and stuff. And so I never really deeply connected with religion. I've gone to church with like friends of mine. I've done the Christmas Eve thing. When I went to boarding school, we had that Christmas Eve mass. We had the opportunity to go. I liked going because I always feel nice in churches, emotional, I guess. So I always enjoyed that. And I loved the singing. I knew all the songs because I went to Catholic school. (laughs) (laughs) I could give you the whole mass from beginning to end. Yeah. So yeah, it's just one of those things that has just been around, but it's not something that I was like, I believe in God and I believe this other thing. I understand the Bible. I understand religion. I think as I got older, there was a point where I didn't believe in the whole organized religion. I still kind of don't. Like I appreciate people who have that and who have a faith or they have a specific religion they're a part of. I personally don't feel like any of that fits me. Yeah. For a long time, I've been calling it like the universe, you know, Um, because I'm not an atheist. I think 
there's definitely something out there bigger than myself and whether that be just nature or yeah. <laughs> the universe or maybe there is a little man out there with a white beard pulling strings, but I don't know. And so I don't like to commit, I guess, to one idea. Yeah. <laughs> but lately I've been getting more okay with just the word God almost. Mm-hmm. Why am I so adverse to saying or God when even though I know I mean universe, this other thing. So yeah, I don't know. Ugh, that concept is so incredible to me because... <laughs> I have so many questions. So (laughs) did your Southern Baptist cousins give you a hard time about your mom? Was that post-divorce? Is that where they said she was? Um, Yes, it was. So when my mother remarried, my stepdad is a flippin' genius. He kind of invented certain things that make what computer networking what it is today. Wow. (laughs) You know, he made good money. And my cousin said that my mother put money first, then family, then God. Oh. She was going to hell. Wow. I was 11. <laughs> See, uh, and that's the thing that like gets me so mad is if you actually think about what Christianity is, it's not mm-hmm. supposed to be any of the things that most of us stereotypically right. associate with Christianity. Right. I mean, I understand, you know, I've read all about Jesus and I just don't think Jesus would have been cool with that. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing that's like so frustrating. And then from my perspective, I think our millennial generation associates with the word spirituality more than they want to associate with religion because Mm -hmm. religion represents humanity and all the negative things that humanity has done in the name of religion. That's why it's religion and it's not God. (laughs) It's like religion is a man-made thing that we've fucked up and ruined. (laughs) I didn't want to be associated with the word Christian for the exact same reason because you're like, oh, she's Christian. Oh, well then she's going to be judgy, rude, and she's purist who doesn't drink, doesn't cuss, isn't fun, just goes to church and is so boring. Like nobody yeah. wants to know the Christian. And like awful. hates gay people. And- yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm like, well, I'm neither of those. I'm fun and I love to drink tequila and I also <laughs> like Jesus, but I'm not going to shove him down your throat because that wouldn't be very Jesus-like. So I totally get that whole vibe. And first off, I want to say sorry because that sucks. And that's such a trauma. I remember being at Catholic school my whole life and my parents were divorced. Mm-hmm. And it was me and like my group of friends. We either had divorced parents or parents that had been remarried. In the Catholic Church 20 years ago, that was a big deal. They're like, oh, our parents, they're divorced. My mom didn't do the team mom things or the classroom mom things. And everybody else had two parents helping with everything. And my parents were working and like. Right. I just feel like there was always so much like hypocrisy with it, especially like, I don't want to throw my cousin under the bus. We don't really talk at all anymore, but. The way that she lived her life, and I'm not knocking anyone who does this, but three kids from three different fathers, on and off drugs. Her parents were so strict that I think she just kind of went nuts. Yeah. And every time she could just be like, I'm born again. It was always so funny to me because I was the black sheep of the family and I never really got into drugs. I was scared of them. I was scared of boys like growing up in high yeah. school. I tried Bailey's, the milkshake of liquor, you know, like. <laughs> I think I tried pot twice and it was definitely fake one time, but I was considered the bad kid, the kid mm. that was going to like not amount to anything. And I just wow. felt so strange that I grew up without this heavy, heavy religion. She's yeah. Friggin' mess. And I'm a pretty decent person. I think a lot of that is where I just feel like I just want to be a good person and do what's yeah. right and love people no matter what, whether or not I understand them and keep an open mind. And I think that if there's a big guy upstairs and he's only letting Catholics or whatever in, then maybe <laughs> he'll give me a pass. 
Yeah. That's the thing that I think is so beautiful is that people can have faith and they don't attribute it necessarily to a label that is Christian per se. And you may be like, oh, the universe or I'm spiritual and not want to resonate with the word God. But I think it's more about how you live your life. I rather hang out with a bunch of people who don't associate with any sort of label that is faith-based, but are there great human beings and hang out with a bunch of Jews and Christians and Muslims who are all saying one thing and doing another and then trying to shove down hypocrisy down someone's throat and then it just ruins it for everybody. That's the thing. Is it cool if I cheat on my husband every week, but I confess, so I'm fine? Yeah, steal from people. (laughs) Yeah, just be racist, be... (laughs) But then you ask forgiveness and you're cool. I don't forgive you because you asked for it. It's like, that's not actually how it works, people. You got to be a good person. You know, I believe everyone's redeemable in a sense. I was not a good person. Maybe a little more than 10 years ago, I was terrible. (laughs) No, I mean, I was engaged. I cheated on my ex all the time. I needed that external validation. I knew I didn't want to get married because I felt like that was crossing a line. But I'm not the same person I was 10 years ago. So I think it's wild when people will be like, they tweeted this 10 years ago. And I'm like, bro, if you saw how terrible I was like 10 or 11 years ago, I mean, I'm a completely different person now. That's crazy. Okay. So 10 years ago, you feel like you're a horrible person. How did you come out of that? What was the restoration period that took a turn there? Karma, man. (laughs) I think I broke up with my ex in, I want to say it was 2007, 2008, because I met someone And it was the first person through this whole time that I felt like I was willing to let go of my safety net and I could be with this guy, you know, instead of just being like, no, I need to be on my own and get my shit together. It was like, okay, well, this guy could be my new beginning. And I believed that he was my new beginning. And in a way he was, but not in the way that I believed him to be because he was controlling and a sociopath and terrible. And whatever false confidence I had at the time, strength I had at the time, he dismantled me bit by bit. Wow. So in 2009, we broke up, but I knew it wouldn't last. (laughs) And I knew if I just got an apartment or moved out or something, he'd knock on the door in two weeks or so. And I wouldn't have the strength to stay away. And so I packed up everything I owned. And this is after I went down this really, really, really scary five-day spiral. And then I packed up all my shit in my car and put on the back of U-Haul and like drove from San Diego to where I live now, right outside of Charlotte. And I was just like, I need to get as far away from him as possible And I have to truly start over and start building the person that I want to become and the person I want to be. And this is my chance. Wow. That is insane. (laughs) And how did you know to go to where you live now? Is that My parents were here at the time. I'm originally, I grew up in New Hampshire and they had moved down to the Charlotte area and they'd been here a couple of years and I'd visited. I knew I kind of liked it enough. And so I didn't have any money. I didn't have a job. He had everything. And I was just like, mom, I need your help. And I never asked my parents for help Wow. ever. And so I was like, I need your help. I need to come home. And she was like, okay. And basically helped me get a hotel room when I was driving across the country. I had like a friend, she flew them back so they could drive with me because I was like 25, you know, wow. <laughs> 26 or something. So I got home and she had already looked into an apartment for me. I just had to like go in and sign things and get a job and stuff so I could start taking care of it. But yeah, I knew I had to do it. I just knew I deserved better. Like some scrap of me knew that I was just not going to be happy and, and I deserved better than that. And I knew I had just get as far away as possible. So that's incredible. Good for you. 
Yeah. It's definitely one of the best decisions I've ever made. (laughs) And then what happened after that? Did he try and reach out? Of course. Yeah. Oh, I miss you, but too bad you moved. And he sent me emails at one point. He was trying to get back together and I was who I was at the time. I needed someone. So I had gotten into a relationship really quickly with a great person, which was wonderful. But at one point he reached out to tell me that his new girlfriend showed him how he forced my hand because I was the problem, right? And he's like, yeah, she showed me how I was basically his part in it. And I just wrote him back and I was like, you know what? I'm really glad for her that she's getting the best of you. I am so glad because I wouldn't wish you on my worst enemy, but you don't deserve happiness. <laughs> I was like, you don't deserve to be happy. And I hope you're friggin' still miserable and that there is no person on this planet that can make you happy because you're such a dead, empty person on the inside. Wow. But I'm glad she's getting the best of you. <laughs> wow. I wonder what that guy's up to today. I'm sure he's married <laughs> with some woman he's controlling, poor girl. Wow. That's such a deep issue. And I know it's so prevalent because I feel like it's easy to get into that as women. If you're not in the right headspace, it's easy to have your happiness be dependent on a partner. Instead of I don't think it necessarily even, I think for me, I'd never been with someone like that before. Every guy I'd been with was like passive aggressive and a pushover, you know? And so when he showed strength, I was like, oh, I had never seen it before. And I think when you don't know what a red flag looks like, mm-hmm. you go right over your head. And they don't start being controlling. They start with like, hey, um, you know, your uniform, like your skirt's really short. Would you mind wearing shorts underneath it? And they're like, well, yeah, I don't need everyone to see my ass. Sure. Of course I'll do that. And then before you know it, it's you're not wearing that. And you are helpless. What are you going to say to that after you've said yes, 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 yes. And then so many times. And at this point, you just don't want to upset them because everything you do upsets them. Yep. And it's this whole thing where you believe you're the problem. And if only I can be the person I was when we first started dating, then he'll be the way that he was when we first started dating. And it's this whole cycle. So I really think it doesn't, you know, you can be a strong woman and you can be taken down by someone like that. Oh, that is so powerful because what I was trying to say earlier is that I feel like it's easy to get caught in it because it doesn't happen the way that you would think in the Lifetime movie where it's like, oh, yeah. you're across the face and then she's captive in the relationship. They're like little <laughs> yeah. micro, manipulative, yeah. dominant, psychotic behaviors mm-hmm. that eventually start to gradually become bigger red flags, but you don't notice them unless yeah. you learn from somebody else or you've experienced it before. And the next thing you know, you're like, I'm stuck. I feel stuck. And if you're anything like me, you're prideful and you're like, well, I don't want everyone to know. So I'm just going to handle it on my own. Well, you don't want to tell people because you're not ready to go, right? Right. So with any time I would complain about him or say anything that he was doing to anyone who cared about me, they'd be like, what? And so then some way he would end up finding out and be like, I don't want you hanging out with her. She's a whore. Or like they start isolating you from everyone who's got an opinion on them. Yeah. You're alone. And then it's a cycle of shame, guilt. And you make excuses. Yeah. You make excuses. You don't want to be like, I'm with someone who is just terrible, you know? And so when people start to say things to you that you've already said to them, you're like, no, but you don't understand. He's really sweet when it's just us and blah, blah, blah. And you know, sometimes it's insane. Like it's actual insanity to be caught in that back and forth. So as somebody who's gone through it, experienced it, come out of it, and you're now in a marriage that you Mm -hmm. seem to be very happy and in love in, what would be your 
top three tips for a woman who's in that situation and getting out of it, or at least acknowledging that there's an issue? Oh my goodness. I mean, obviously you have to decide, do you want to keep doing this? Do you want to keep feeling this way? Or do you want better? Because until you make that decision that you deserve and want better, you're not going to do anything. And then I would just, if you can get away as far as you can get away. I think there are different levels of this and some men are really, really, really terrifying. And especially when women are being physically abused in this. He had just started to put his hands on me, but I wasn't getting my ass kicked every night. My father is an abusive man. So I already went through that at one point. I didn't really have that necessarily to worry about, at least not at that point. And I think there are a lot of women who are terrified and they have every right to be terrified and they don't know where to turn, but you have to get right with yourself first. You have to know that you're done and that's it. And you have to commit to being done because if you keep going back and forth and backing forth, not only are you messing up your own (laughs) strength, but you're also lighting his fire more. Enabling. Yeah, he's pissed that you left and you came back and you left and you're going to hear about it over and over and over again. So it has to be like, I am really done and I really, really need to go. And then you have to get out. Yeah, that's so so good. Such good advice. Okay, so let's move over into some other topics. I think it'd be really interesting to just pick your brain about. So before the call, we were talking about you spent some time with your nieces and nephew today and the topic of having children came up. You and your husband are not interested in having children. No. No. (laughs) Happily, no. Hell no. We're not having them. No. You know, it's funny because we're at the point where we're like, we've had this conversation several times. It's funny because I've been in other relationships where I looked at the man and was like, you'd make an awful father and (laughs) sometimes made decisions based on that, on imaginary children I didn't have. My husband would be the most amazing dad. Like he would be incredible, but it's not something either of us really want. You know, we love our life. We love our time. We don't really want that. So I think the only real moments of hesitation I have is when other women say things like, you don't know what love is unless you have a child. Oh my God, that is so rude. Yeah. I mean, I've heard a lot of women say it, like you don't understand real love or you don't know what love is until you've had a child. And I think that that's really unfair to say to people. (laughs) Wow. Um, You know, and that's really the only, I think, real worry is as though our sole purpose is to have children. And maybe once that was true, (laughs) but here we are in the 2000s. Oh my God, I can start a business? I don't have a baby maker? This is so weird. Yeah. And it's not our sole function. And it kind of makes you worry because then I'm like, am I missing out on love? Like if I don't do this, but everything else in my life says, no, this isn't for you. (laughs) <laughs> How did you guys come to that conclusion? Is that a discussion that you guys had before? Did you both have that stance or did it evolve oh, together or how did that go about? He almost didn't date me because I didn't want kids. Oh. We, yeah, we had been seeing each other nonstop for three weeks, which I didn't want a relationship. And suddenly I was basically in a relationship with someone. And I just told him, I was like, you know, we need to figure out like, is this going to be a long-term thing? Like, do you see me as a long-term person or not? Because I'm not trying to date to just date anymore. You know, right. I want the real deal. And he's like, oh, I I really want the real deal. I want a relationship. Yes, yes, yes. And he was like, but you know, the only thing that's really keeping you back is that you've said you don't want kids. Wow. He was like, and I do. And I was like, okay. I said, have you ever asked me? Like, have we ever sat down and had this conversation? And he was like, well, no. And I said, okay, Jeffrey, well, I guess we're having that conversation now. (laughs) (laughs) 
And I said, I'm not this person who's like, no, I'm never having kids. Screw you. Get on board. I'm only going to be with someone who doesn't want them. I said, I feel like when you love someone and you make a sacrifice, you are willing to make that sacrifice and it becomes a part of It's not as strong as when you deny someone something. And when you deny someone something, that's when they look elsewhere to get their needs met, right? Yeah. So I was like, if we're married and you're like, I want to have kids or I'm not going to feel like a whole person or that's something I need for my life. Well, then I guess we're having kids because I'm not a monster (laughs) (laughs) and I'm not going to not love my kid, but I do have some stipulations. And in the career that you are in, I will not be a single married mom. He travels 40 weekends out of the year. And tell everybody what he does. So he's on a NASCAR pit crew and the season is 10 months long and he's gone every single weekend. You know, sometimes it's Saturday, Sunday, sometimes it's Friday through Sunday. And that's a I'm lot. Alone. Yeah, I'm alone a lot. And I was like, you know, I'm a business person, like an entrepreneur. I'm not going to be a stay-at-home mom. So we either need to be able to have the means to hire someone to yeah. take care of the kids during the week. Or that needs to be you during the week. And then on the weekends, like, obviously I'm home. So that's me. And I just was like, that's it. Like, that's my line in the sand. And if you want kids, like we can absolutely make it work. Over time, he just wanted them less and less. I think if we had to measure it, I would probably want them more than he would at this point, you know? So he's very gung-ho, no kids now. (laughs) And I think a lot of that was societally, that's just what you do. You get married, you have kids, you grow up, you send them to college, like they live in your basement until they're 26. (laughs) (laughs) He just thought that's just what you did. And I think he realized that like we have a very unique lifestyle. We do what we want. We go on trips when we want to. We don't have to get babysitters to do things. We can do whatever on a whim. Our time is, he has a ton of hobbies and they're really expensive and he likes to do those and uninterrupted. (laughs) So I think that somewhere it was like, oh, okay, you know what? I'm okay with this. And now it's, he's leading the front on that. (laughs) So Interesting and such a great perspective for other people to hear because I know I have a couple of friends who feel that way. They're like, I don't know if I want kids. I want yeah. like, as many as my bank account can afford. Like, I will pop yeah. them out back to back. But I also <laughs> understand that not everybody wants the same things. And I would never want someone to tell me, oh, you shouldn't want kids. I'd be like, what the? F-? That would be so rude for someone to tell me not to want to have children. So, like, right. Why? would I tell somebody else how to live their life? You do you, whatever makes you happy. People don't really make a good case for it either. I feel like like you're (laughs) complaining about your child being a psychopath day in and day out. And then you always get the, but I wouldn't change it for the world. Well, no, because it'd be like wishing your kid was dead. Like, obviously you're not going to (laughs) wish to go backwards, but it really, really sucks that you're not doing these things that you claim your kids are in the way of, you know, yeah. or I get the must be nice. Like when I go on a trip or something, oh. like, it's nice, Carol. It is because I chose I, it instead of spending money on daycare. I'm going on a vacation. <laughs> and like also the intentionality that you had in that and knowing the type of life that you want to lead and being open to a conversation about children is so yeah. great in terms of a relationship and a commitment to another person is to be like, I'm not closing the door. I'm open to it. Like you said, these are my stipulations. And if we can build a life together to make it so that having children would be at the utmost perfect environment so that yeah. we can have a lasting relationship and also bring new life into the world. That's a responsible thing, you know, versus just like, well, whatever, let's just see what happens. <laughs> or just like, I don't want them because I just don't, you know I mean? Yeah. 
we've talked about the possibility of adoption or fostering or something like that. And we both like, you know, we don't need a child to be our blood to love and take care of them. So it's, who knows, but right now we're like, no. <laughs> it sounds like there's a little window available for possibility. Not really, not biologically. That window is shutting very, 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 very fast. <laughs> but adoption, like you mentioned, that sounds promising. Who knows? Here's a question that I always have when I think about not having children. What happens when you get older? Because I think of it now where I'm like, oh, I'm helping my parents. And to me, it's like a cycle. They wiped my ass when I was a baby. And when they get older, I'm going to wipe their ass. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so what happens when you get old? Like, Who takes care of you guys? Well, we're both really physically fit. Okay. So my mom never, like, she was into fitness at one point, but it wasn't like a lifelong thing. Yeah. I feel that way that, you know, we're responsible for ourselves and I see a lot of seniors that are really, really active yeah. and did it. They're living these social lives that are more vibrant than mine. And they're all boning at the senior citizen homes. Totally. Yeah. They have like an influx of STDs at senior citizen homes (laughs) because I guess you go through like a sexual awakening in your 60s and 70s and their generation didn't use condoms. So they're all just boning each other. And they, anyways, they are a very vibrant group when you said that. Like I see these people and like their social life is way more exciting than mine is, you know? And so I'm like, why couldn't we be like that? I mean, the only real thing that I think I might have to look out for is Alzheimer's does run in my family. Jeff and I, we've committed to each other to take care of each other and whatever that means and whatever that looks like. And if that means hiring someone or if that means going to a home together, whatever, you know, that's what we're going to do. Also, you'll have more financial means to put towards retirement. All of that college money. (laughs) I guess college money just turns into retirement, take care of post-hospice care. Yeah, okay. That's See, things I've never talked about with anybody before. I love this. I've got weird dogs right now. I don't have to worry about them getting pregnant. I don't have to send them to college. They're always excited to see me. There's no angsty teenage crap. Like, it's great. Yeah, it's great. I mean, their insurance is cheap too. I have dog insurance. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so let's switch over to talk a little bit about your business. So where are you right now in terms of your business and the outlook for the year? Because I know yesterday we were talking a bit about being at a crossroads and several different things in your life and deciding Mm -hmm. what the next chapter looks like. 2020, new decade, you know, and Yesterday, hopefully you don't mind me saying this, there was a bit of uncertainty in what yeah. this looks like. And you have all these different roads that you can take. you mind sharing a bit about that and what the mental headspace is around it? Because being an entrepreneur is not easy. It's very stressful. <laughs> it's a roller coaster. You have high highs and low lows. And you need to have a lot of, it's almost like an actor because you get rejected all the time. You need to have thick skin. You need to be really confident of your skills. And it can be scary being a business owner. So Yeah, if you don't mind sharing where you're at in terms of your headspace and what the future looks like and how you're managing all of that. Yeah, so I've been building my business for, it'll be five years in August, just like since I got the idea. So it's really inception, but we didn't launch until May, 2017. So we're coming up on three years of launch. And then we spent a year in a business model that was screwing us. So (laughs) essentially in this May, it'll be two years of running the path that we've been running. It is a boutique for chicks with muscles, curves, you know, we aren't going to go into a store and fit that traditional straight up and down outfit or jumpsuit or whatever. So, you know, we provide dresses and pants and tops and all of that, blazers, things that women can wear and feel good about themselves in. 
but it is retail, you know, it's e-commerce. It's, I have to buy a bunch of shit to sell a bunch of shit. And I don't always know what people want. I'm not fulfilling a specific genre. I'm trying to make a lot of different women happy with a lot of different styles. And it's really hard. I financially lose money every single year. I can't be everything. (laughs) And being a CEO, and I think I'm an amazing manager. I think I'm great at managing other people and helping them, empowering them to be their best and bring the best to their job and their skills. But me actually having to do all these different people's jobs is really, really hard because there's some things I'm great at and there's some things I suck at and I know it. And then there's things I avoid because I suck at. (laughs) And so... Yeah. And I really feel like this year and to any of my customers and supporters who are listening, sorry, but you know, I feel like this year is do or die because I've put my heart and my soul and my blood and my sweat and my tears into this for years. And I'm at the point where I'm like, look, I'm not impatient in terms of I need this to blow up or whatever, blah, blah, blah. But I feel like I should be a little better off financially than I am. And I feel like I should be able to pay employees good money to come to work every day. I feel like I should be able to pay myself something and I just can't right now. And so I have to really take a look. We're putting everything we have into this year and I'm looking at all of my mistakes and tackling them one by one. And if by the end of the year, we just can't do it. And if we're not in a place where I'm like, okay, we can keep going. I have the life to keep going because I'm being compensated and I'm able to compensate and I'm able to make a real difference in other people's lives because I can keep going. Then great, we'll keep going. And if not, I don't really know. Maybe we're in a place where we can sell the brand to someone who will do a better job or maybe it dies. I don't know. But I know I deserve better than what I'm getting right now. Yeah. And I know Cassie, who is my right hand and my unicorn, and I love her and I want to take her with me, whatever I do. Yeah. I know that she deserves better. And the fact that she has been with me for so long about it's almost four years now. Crazy. Um, the fact she's been with me for so long and she believes in me so hard. And she is like, I never want to work for anyone, but you it says a lot to me. Yeah. There's that with Rebellia and I am looking into expanding my nutrition coaching offerings because I love it and I'm a super nerd about it and I love helping people get the results they want and to break free from all these ideas like the scale and obsession and restrictions and having to eat 100% clean and all this, not just like live their lives. And when they realize that they can enjoy themselves in their life and it doesn't have to be this constant stress that lights me up. So I am who I am. The special sauce isn't in what I do. It's in me. And I know that no matter what I do, I can deliver that. I'm excited. Part of me is terrified because I don't want to fail and that would suck. But the other part of me is like, there will always be something good coming out of it. So yes. And I love that you said that this year is do or die. (laughs) I can't do it again. But like, can you imagine if all of us attacked this year with do or die tenacity and passion towards the things that we want to achieve in 12 months? When your back is up against a wall, you have to make decisions. It's like procrastination is a luxury. But when we have that due date, all of a sudden we work 12 hours to make sure we meet the deadline. And I think that what you're describing is a feeling that's very familiar to many women, whether they're at their corporate job or they're in a relationship or they have a closet they haven't gotten to for 12 months. And every time they open the closet, they're like, nope, never mind, too much shit. And then just mm-hmm. shove it back in. But do or die moments really cause momentum and they cause a new. So like sometimes the rain is just washing away things so that we can be ready and welcoming for that bright, beautiful sunshine that's going to come our way, you know? 
kind of cleaning out some things and allowing other things to flourish and grow. And 2021 might be the year that Rebellia Clothing is sold for $10 million or $20 million to Nasty Girl or something. You just never know what the future will bring after being at this crossroads. And so, yeah, I just kind of wanted to briefly chat about that because I think that's really important. And thank you so much for being honest about it and vulnerable and just sharing because I don't feel like a lot of women are open to sharing when they're having a hard time. They're like, oh, how's business? Oh, it's great. Everything's perfect. It's fabulous. Yeah. And I never wanted to be that person. It's really hard trying not to compare yourself to other people out there on the internet when you have every coach and their mother out there talking stuff and saying that they're a seven figure, blah, 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 and acting like every day the sun is shining on their butthole. Like it's (laughs) hard, you know, it's hard to feel like what's wrong with me. Yeah. Maybe this whole purpose was showing women it's okay to not be the best or to not be okay or to not be successful in something, you know? I mean, it wouldn't be the first thing I haven't been successful in, that's for sure. And I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid to take the leap and try something new. I wasn't afraid to start this business. I wanted to do it. I had a purpose. I saw So, And I think that is the most key takeaway to take away from this episode and this podcast is that failure isn't something that successful people don't do. I think successful people are the people that have failed the most because they've been brave enough to take the risk. And that has led to their success because every time we fail, we learn and it creates a whole new opportunity for rising to the top and being successful. So I think that it's missed a lot too, that like the definition of success, because I had another business before I had a marketing company, I was paying my bills, I was making good money, I was getting clients without trying, you know, gosh, if I actually put more effort into it, I would have made a shit ton of money. And I was doing great. My love for it wasn't there. I hated reporting to these clients that didn't see the value in what I was doing or that they didn't love their product as much as I did. Like, what's that? And so I had the success financially before and I've worked for other people and made great money. And this was a leap and a risk and they don't always work out and they don't always end up in financial abundance. But, you know, and I had a business that that failed financially, but it brought me this much closer to finding the things that I love and enjoy. I didn't know that I would enjoy empowering women to empower themselves. Like I had no idea I was into that until I started working with an empowerment magazine, you know, like I didn't know. And so it brought me so much closer. And so that's why I feel, I don't know if it's faith. I've always said, even back in my early 20s, when I was working whatever job, that I know I will always land on my feet, no matter what I do. And I believe that still to be true. It might suck. Yeah. Yeah, I know it's going to suck if I have to walk away from this. I would definitely need a good, solid morning period. But at the end of the day, you stand back up and you brush yourself off and you say, what do I want to do now? Yeah. And that to me, like the last three minutes of this conversation to me is the epitome of the purpose that God's placed into your heart, into your soul. And whether that's the universe, whatever you want to call it, but like that whole little snapshot is exactly what God wants is like, hell yeah, fucking get back up, do the things that you know you're supposed to do in life. It's not supposed to be easy. If it was easy, everybody would be doing it. It's supposed to have challenges, but the fact that you are chasing your purpose and chasing the things that bring 
light and joy to not only your soul, but also to serve other people, I think is the epitome of our human fulfillment. It's like, how can I show up to the world, bring more joy, help more people, serve more, do more, and also be financially abundant so that I can continue to give even more. I can more. keep doing it. And that's yeah. the thing, you know, it's like the part that I think sucks the most is that if I didn't have to worry about paying the bills and paying the expenses and contributing to my household, I wouldn't care yeah. about not making money because I have the best group of women supporting me and this amazing community that we've built. I meet incredible people all the time. I love what I do. I love my HQ. You should come see it sometime. It's all I pink. I love to. <laughs> I mean, I have so much good. It's just that, hey, it costs money. Like it costs money to put this whole circus on. Yeah. And I'm tired and I can't keep doing it without that. And I'm okay admitting that. <laughs> well, I'm really excited to see what the next year holds for you and to come back and get like an update and see yeah. you know, how the journey unfolds and what beautiful, great things you go on to create this year and in future years. But like I told you yesterday, I really see just a bright light in you and you have so much to offer. And I know that you will figure it out and whatever decisions that you take will be the right ones, no matter what. Like you said, you've got a really strong purpose and a really strong vision. And I just know that everything will work out exactly the way that it's supposed to. So I'm excited to hear how it all unfolds and to have you come back and tell us more about your experiences. Okay. Well, with that, thank you so much. I know we've been running a little bit longer than usual, but thank you so much for coming on and just chatting and being so open about this. I know that somebody listening is definitely going to resonate with at least five things that you said. It's been so, so incredible. But yeah, tell everybody how they can find you. Tell them about your clothing brand and how to find you on Instagram. Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram at xtalrose, X-T-A-L-R-O-S-E. I'm also at crystalrose.com. My name is spelled C-H-R-Y-S-T-I-L. And you can find Rebellia at rebelliaclothing.com or just at rebelliaclothing as our Instagram. Woohoo! And I will put all of that in um, the Instagram post and in the show notes. So you guys can go check her out. The clothing is honestly amazing. I need to get some more. I think I've got one pair of leggings or pants. I forgot which one it is. But yeah, thank you so much, Crystal. I so, so appreciate you. I will talk to you later. Thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Rebel Babe Cave. If you enjoyed it, don't forget to subscribe and we'd love it if you left a review. See you next week.